this glorious anniversary. Your high independence only reveals the immeasurable distance between us. The blessings in which you this day rejoice are not enjoyed in common. The rich inheritance of justice, liberty, prosperity, and independence bequeathed by your fathers is shared by you, not by me. The sunlight that brought life and healing to you has brought stripes and death to me. This 4th of July is yours, not mine. You may rejoice. I must mourn. mourn, mourn. God damn, it's a new day. Yo, 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 check, check, one, two, three, four. We are here, the Get Up Podcast at PVA Studios. You got me, DJ Belv. We got S. Dot. What up? Also, and we got Pharaoh. Unfortunately, he's back to uh, he's back to the aux, the aux cable. <laughs> Out there. <Yeah. laughs> it's all right. We, well, we had we were we had you here two week two day two podcast episodes. We had three good weeks of brohood. Yes. Yes. No, we definitely did. Um, to our listeners, I don't know. Well, actually, I didn't put it up on the Instagram. But if you do follow me on Instagram, um, at DJ Bellevue, B-E-L-V-E, um, we had a really good weekend in the woods. Yeah. Hanging with some people. Massachusetts. I saw a meme that said that, uh, or not a meme, but somebody said, <laughs> every black person needs some white friends so that you can go because they have the pools. <laughs> and the backyards and shit. <laughs> they have the, they have the pools, so so you need it. But we had a great time. I was celebrating my thirtieth birthday. Um, one of our boys, um, Jay. Uh, it was his birthday, June twenty eighth. Mine's on June thirtieth. And thirtieth like, birthday. His was. I think his was my thirty first. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you see how he tried to play me? <laughs> the shade, Pharaoh. Do you yeah. hear this? I was shocked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I 30 <laughs> everybody's to, counted <laughs> he was trying to shave a year off there you over here 30th hey, birthday I, I nah, say bro. it ages like uh, we age like uh like fine like wine we age you do look the same like i don't really feel like you look any older than dad at you no oh, okay well i'm glad that because i actually to tell you the truth uh always ask whenever i go to a bar when they try to card me i say how old do i look and I said, be honest. I need your <laughs> brutal honesty. And they're like 28, 27, mm. late 20s. Sooner or later, you're not going to like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm young enough for them to want a card, though. That's what they want. <laughs> but um, what's up, listeners? Uh, Pharaoh, how was your week, bro? It was a good week. I'm not going to lie. I miss New York already. I know uh, Being back up in Rhode Island, it's always like, uh. <laughs> we was going in. Uh, we was going in. Yeah, we did have we did have a good time. Like yeah. New York always treats you well. So you know, it's back to business. You know what I'm saying? Um, just I just came off, home, bro. <laughs> I know, right? Just came off the Fourth of July, which this year, 2018, was on a hump day. Yeah, and it's just the. I don't know. How do you guys feel about a uh, holiday being on a smack dab in the middle of the week? 
as they say, this is the most Fridayist or Saturday having Wednesday that there was. <laughs> because everybody was like, you know, you, yeah, you're man. off for, depending on if you took off, right? I didn't have time like that, yeah. right? <laughs> I didn't have no vacation time. So um, you go to work Monday, Tuesday, off Wednesday. I actually was saying on my on my Snapchat, I said, Every job should give you the option. If you want to take that Wednesday off, take the Wednesday off. But if you want to take another day of the week off, you should take that off. I think they should just give you the rest of the week off. I mean, I mean, damn. Just they give you, you an the, inch, you take a mile. I'm just saying, give you the next two days. Like, I feel like we're a work obsessed culture. Like, just we give really you, are. Give you two days. Like, Isn't it in Sweden or some shit? Like, they have uh, they have ridiculous amounts of uh, vacation time. I think I heard over in like Europe or some shit like that. I mean, a lot of places do. Yeah. Some places don't. But, yeah, we're just like this is United overwork States. underpaid. <laughs> mm. This is the United States. So to our, um, to our listeners, yes, happy. I don't know. I, don't, I feel odd saying happy 4th of July. Because of what you just heard was Frederick Douglass <laughs> and his uh, 4th of July speech. Douglass. <laughs> I, hopefully we don't become hotep. <laughs> after this conversation <laughs> nah I think I have a good balance for your speech do you okay so um, th- that speech by Frederick Douglass was actually titled the meaning of uh, meaning of for- July 4th for the Negro and uh, I bet you you may have been seeing a lot of different um, posts either on your Facebook um, whatever social media that a lot of people were just, I mean, I believe I posted up, I know I posted up on our IG, the yeah, Get Up yeah. um, IG. And um, it's one of those things that I really, I'm glad that S. Dot reminded me um, because as we were going and trying to talk about what we wanted to talk about, S. Dot reminded me that this is something that I really wanted to talk about because, especially on the 4th of July, I was seeing a lot of either memes or posts uh, about black people and us celebrating the 4th of July and kind of shameful and embarrassed but oh well you know to say that i this is the first fourth of july and i don't know how you guys felt about it that i that i've actually like really felt that way right Hmm. um for me every other fourth of july was oh it's the fourth like i'm trying to look for a cookout and all that other stuff but i don't know if this is the year of becoming woke and hopefully not fake woke right reasonably woke reasonably reasonably woke and we and we try to uh hashtag reasonably woke to everybody because (laughs) you know we can't be too woke out here you know, you have to be reasonably woke. <laughs> reasonably woke. You know, um, just like our last podcast, like optimal corruption. You yeah, know, yeah, that's kind of like that fine optimal, line. Optimal woke. <laughs> optimal woke. Right. Um, so this is the first year that I felt that way. I don't know if to our listeners if they you know felt that way always. And Farah, I mean, you. I, I know I, I can't wait to you know kind of dive into this a little bit more. Um, but I pose a question to you guys: Is it wrong for us as black people? To be celebrating the Fourth of July, and Farrell, I, I want to hear your so, who. Oh, I, should, so, I wonder who, who who should take this first. Let let Farrell go first. Oh, exactly. you hear that? Because what S thought I, I felt a little like something behind that. He said, "Let no, him go I'm, first, and then I'm about to smack I'm him just, down with it." No, I'm wondering what is because we haven't <laughs> we haven't talked about it beforehand. That's so true. sometimes me and Farrell like aligned, and sometimes we're not. I just wonder. I wonder what his opinion is. Go ahead, Farrell. Let's let's hear it. I mean, I also don't think we're going to disagree heavily on this. Well, let's see. Um, so, one, Frederick Douglass is easily one of my favorite literary writers. Like, he has one of the most unique writing styles because he writes from a style of self-education. But he was also a slave. Um, 
And I think that's very important to add into his speech at the time, where he is, where he stood in the time he lived in. Slavery was still a thing. He worked to help abolish slavery, but it was still a thing mm. in his lifetime. Mm. Um, I would say that the American Revolution is a very layered event. There are aspects of it that don't do anything for us, but there's a very humanistic step forward that happens with the Declaration of Independence. Mm. And I humbly think that anyone who's truly read the Declaration of Independence, any black person, would see that all the words we need for any rights movement or to convince anyone of our argument is in the Declaration of Independence. The very same complaints the colonists had against the British are what black people now as citizens have against the system that is America. Mm. So I think for me, if black people were 100% on getting rid of all those things and slavery that meant nothing for us, that got rid of the N-word and didn't use it, I would take the argument of, oh, I don't think we should celebrate it because our ancestors were slaves when it happened more seriously. But because you guys don't really have a strict philosophy on keeping those things in slavery and slavery, I think it's a false narrative. If you're going to not celebrate the 4th of July, you also shouldn't use the N-word. I'm pretty sure the slave ancestors wouldn't appreciate your use of the word so fluently. <laughs> and I think they would disapprove of that more than your celebrating of the 4th of July, if I'm keeping it 100. So <laughs> Keep it 100. Keep that same my, energy. That's my point of view. Like, either do it all around, but also it doesn't make sense. Like, the most logical argument for us to use in our fight for equality in America is the Declaration of Independence. And by not using it, we're fighting a stupid battle. <laughs> I've always said to anyone who I thought was on the front lines, everything you need is in the Declaration. Use it against them. They have to bow to their own fucking words. I mean, that's very true. But if you're going to be making new words, pulling them out your ass, they can make new counter arguments. So it's always been one of the things I've always felt like we've missed out on in trying to fight this system. We're not using the system's own words against it. Mm. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, I think that I, th I think that what's going on in America right now is a lot of black people are just getting to know their history. Yeah, like this is the first time they really heard about Frederick Douglass or read the speech, and they're like, "Oh my goodness!" Like it's it's kind of awakening to them, but they don't really understand the the true historical context of everything that's going on. For mm. instance, you know, like Frederick Douglass lived during slavery, so that was his unique perspective. Mm. If you look after the Civil War. The 4th of July, especially in the South, was mainly a black holiday because the South tried to succeed themselves from the Union. They didn't want to be part of the United States. So after the, after the Civil War ended, blacks really celebrated the 4th of July as being part of the country that was trying to free them. The, and, the whites in the South, the whites in the Confederacy, did not want to celebrate it until a certain point when they can, wanted um, to take it back. Can you give me, and I was actually just trying to look that up, and sorry I'm asking this question, but um, can you give me the years? So... The uh, Independence uh, Declaration of um, Farrell, because I'm trying to look at, I'm, and I feel bad as an American <laughs> citizen, but most, as I say, most American citizens don't know any July of July 4th, night, I mean, well, 1776 Seven, is the Declaration, is the of, Declaration Independence. of Independence. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they said that Frederick Douglass, I think, made this speech on. He made the speech on. I'm just um, looking at this. 1852. 1852. So he's doing this a couple of years before the 
Emancipation Proclamation, okay. which was um 1863. Okay, so um, it's almost a hundred years. Almost, it's years. almost a hundred years different. Yeah, yeah, you know, like it's a it's a huge. Um, it's just like if you look at the the context of it, you're you're part of a hundred and sixty five years later, actually. <laughs> But you're just a part of a expanding narrative, right? Everything yeah. doesn't exist in one period of time. So the Fourth of July is going to be something different to Frederick Douglass, as it means to newly freed slaves, as it means to us. Okay. For me, I don't feel like I should exclude myself from celebrating my country because I'm as much a part of this country as everybody else is. Mm. So why do I have to not celebrate the birth of it, right? We we built this country. We yeah. added so much of its it's cultural history. I mean, we yeah, as in our ancestors, uh, no, this us even today, like, you know, we, mm. we are such an important part of American society. Why do we not get to celebrate it? Mm. So I think that it's good to understand the historical context of the holiday and, and all the different nuances to it and all the different hypocrisy to it. But I also think that we should be able to celebrate our country as much like, one of the things you always hear, especially amongst Democrats, is like, why do Republicans get to wrap themselves in the flag? And why do we have to Segregate, distance ourselves yeah, up yeah, from it? Yeah. This is our country. This is what we want to build. And I feel like I should be able to celebrate it because for us to be here today, for us to be able to do this podcast, for us to be able to really live this life that we're living, this could really only happen in places like America. Yeah. And I feel like we need to be able to celebrate that as much as every other white person who's around us. We should be able to celebrate that same success and want more for our country. So that's why I think that we should be able to celebrate it and we should take pride in it. This is our country. Oh. This is a country that we built. Mm. Go ahead, Phil. Uh, I also like to say that the Civil War started, I mean, not the Civil War, the Revolutionary War started when a free black man was shot in Massachusetts. Oh, sure. That kicked off the revolution. So, Estad is 100% right. It's our history. There is no America without us. So, to say you're going to stop celebrating it because you just found out what your history was, it's a, like I think Estad hit the nail on the head. That's I know my history all my life. Yeah. I didn't learn it late in life. I grew up with it. I grew. I read Frederick Douglass before I was eight or nine years old. Like This is not new to me. But all these people are rediscovering so they have an emotional anger like, oh, I never knew slavery was this bad. It's yeah. been there for you the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think Estad is 100% right. Late in life, angry. They're trying to rewrite the history book. But the history is us. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, yeah that is true. And that actually, when, when uh, Estad was saying, you, you know, why can't we wrap ourselves in the American flag? Isn't there like a, 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 the, a statute of the flag or something like that? These uh, preambles that you're things that you're supposed to and not supposed to do. And then, of course, like all of these conservatives are wearing the flag and all this stuff. And, you know, that's I think we and, all do that. And, and, we we're, all do and that. we're not supposed yeah. to do it. You know, we're not supposed to be wearing the flag and, and, and all that. Stuff. You're talking about the flag rules. We all do it. Like, yeah. Yeah. all of us break it. Like, I can't even point sides. We all break that. We've been breaking it for as long as time. I feel like someone wrote the rules. No one has really ever followed those rules. Yeah, we. I mean, I, yeah, I know we, we. We really don't follow rules like that. We most definitely don't because um, we're rule breaking yeah. people. Revolution. <laughs> I, I don't want to follow your rules. Resistance. <laughs> resistance. Hashtag. Um, but yeah, that, that was my. That was a really good question. Um, or actually not, I wouldn't say that, but it was just a question that I had like with, with this because, you know, I'm like, should I not be celebrating it? I, and I'm not too sure if, you know, my perspective may be the same as others. Most likely it may or may not be, but that was my thing. I'm, I'm wondering, should we be celebrating this? And then I, I mean, I like exactly what both of you said about that, right? It's, it's like, as Estad said, 
this is you know we are a part of the black people in general are definitely much a part of this country we built this country yeah. right off of the the can i can i read something yeah go ahead go ahead yeah so this is a part of the declaration of independence that i've always just felt like echoed the whole black people and cop state Ooh, I like this. all right yeah so here you go for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us for protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states. That's literally what black people have been complaining about with the cops. Oh, They're wow. armed troops murdering us, and you're protecting them with mock trials from punishment for murdering our citizens. That's the whole argument right there in the Declaration for you. And that's the thing I know I don't know nothing about. I, I like literally, I'm that ignorant where I do not know anything like really about the Declaration of Independence. And it's probably one of those things that we really need to go back on. I, I think even into that. though you, you bring up a good point is that I don't think that. And um, one of the things I like to read about is the American ideal. Mm. What, what is America? What is the unified thought that we should have? And part of the problem that's going on in America right now is there's not a unified thought process behind it. So what you have, well, you have two competing factions, one who doesn't believe that America really needs to be a presence in the world. We just need to protect our own. Mm. And then you have another group who kind of feels like we need to be a sort of like war police. Like we need to kind of expand this idea and push it out. But like, what is that, that, that key American ideal that we are celebrating? Mm. Cause if you think about like, you're celebrating the 4th of July, you're celebrating independence, right? Well, what was that independence built on? So when you start reading the declaration of the independence, you start reading, you know, all the rights that we gave, there was a specific idea behind that, that there are specific liberties that we should have and that shouldn't be dictated to us by a single body. Right. Yeah. So like inalienable rights. Yeah, inalienable rights. And we, we think about this and how that idea has been expanded. So as Americans, especially after World War II, when we were the dominant power, we were trying to push this idea onto the rest of the world. We were trying to go to other countries and tell them, oh, you need to treat all of your citizens like the way this. we treat our citizens. Exactly, yeah. But it was a unifying thing. Republicans and Democrats all believed that. Mm. At this point in time, Republicans and Democrats do not believe that. So we're celebrating two different things when we're celebrating the 4th of July. We're celebrating gotcha. two different ideas. And I think that's part of the problem. Like, what 4th of July are you celebrating? Mm. Are you celebrating this us being America and us being the dominant force? Or are you celebrating those ideas that we are trying to export to the rest of the world of freedom, of inalienable rights, of just rights in general? Mm. Like, you know, like having having participation in government, those types of things. Mm. So you kind of have to think about what are you celebrating when you are celebrating this America that we, you know, we we live in. That we live in. Mm. That is good. That is really, and that's yeah. that's why I think the declaration is so important because it's actually the only unifying American document. It that is the only document that has ever been unanimous, unanimous, unanimously agreed on by the representative of states. Yeah, everything else we've argued about. The others, the Confederation, which was the first version of our Constitution, we argued about that. It failed. Even the even the Constitution you have now was argued about. It wasn't fully supported. It was just we had to do something better than what we got. So understand that among all of American history, there is only one document that really says this is America, and that's the Declaration of Independence. It's June. This is why this is why we're rebelling against the King of England. These are the suffrages he's put upon us. All men, no man should have to live under such tyranny. Mm. That shit echoes through the ages. Before that document, 
the concept of people having individual rights did not exist. exist. It was floated among the Enlightenment thinkers, but no one picked it up. So if the American revolutionaries had lost the war, your whole concept of human rights would not exist. The irony is, at the same time these guys are doing it, they had slaves. It's one of those things about history. Nothing's the whole coin. You don't get good without a dash of bad. Like, it's a (laughs) history thing. Like, I'm not going to be emotionally upset about history. My people were slaves, yes, but look what we've done. Mm. I'm more proud of our history. I I don't see our suffering as something we should look down on. I see that some of you say, yeah, we suffered as slaves, but of all the history of people gone slave to citizen, no one's done it as good as we've done. No one's contributed to the culture of a civilization as much as we've done like this. And even in our oppression, our greatness they still can't dust under the sand we're still achieving like indifference to the white man is your greatest strength just do your thing bro (laughs) he's gonna hate it's june and i want to ask so juneteenth should we be should that be um us as black people is that should that be like our official like july you know because to tell you the truth when i was younger i knew nothing about juneteenth this really did because you grew up on the east coast that's really a southern holiday Mm. but it's because of texas you know what i'm saying like that holiday spreads out from texas true i mean that's where no one on the east coast really celebrated unless you were really deep into black history but should we be but that's what so that's my question should that should we be doing that should should that um knowledge for the most part be spread amongst black people and saying that we like juneteenth june 19th should be our official you know because and, and then a, a, another question so think about that but then another question is when frederick Douglass in that speech said you know you should celebrate and then we should mourn so what do you guys say to that should we should we i don't know as you as as that said because i kind of want to relate that so there's two questions in that so um, so as you were saying, as thought, you know, we should celebrate that. I mean, Frederick Douglass is saying we should mourn. Should it be like a day of remembrance, like a memorial or Memorial Day? Right. Well, I think Frederick Douglass was. Speaking- I don't think that's fair. Yeah, because yeah. of I think his Fred- life. You know what I'm saying? Well, he was a slave. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think like Frederick Douglass was speaking for his time, and in his time, mm. he's a hundred percent correct. Mm. Like, how could you celebrate the birth of this country when you are a slave? He, I, I would not celebrate it if there were black slaves running around running around yeah. um but i think at this time and i also think for like something like juneteenth i think it should be a holiday that we we think about mm. and but i also think it's another i think it's like another form of separation mm. you know like they're trying to make you celebrate something that's different than the american ideal like Fact. oh like like celebrate you being free of slave. like don't celebrate our holiday us as americans you are something different you are something other mm. and, and i and i hate that idea in america in that like we are other i want to be part of this america that we built mm. because everybody wants you to do that right they want you to build the thing and then they want to kick you out of it <laughs> so they're like oh build our house and then they're like okay cool celebrate in your hut yeah. like no 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 this is yeah. our america the armed force everything that you have around there it's my is, house too bitch yeah it's part of <laughs> yeah. us yeah that's true. and i get to celebrate okay. i get to um so i think like yeah like i think we should remember it and i think we should understand it but i don't think we should celebrate it separately from our country yeah and that not say that purposely it is our country it is not their country it is not white people's country no yeah. it is our country our it is country. my country i wanted to um i actually don't... uh hold on can yeah. i also yeah, say that i also believe that juneteenth celebrates the last group of people enslaved realizing they were actually free say that again because everyone's can... celebrate one more time juneteenth. say that one more time juneteenth rep hold on juneteenth represents the last group of people who are enslaved finding out they were free because then people didn't tell them 
Mm, that's true. So yeah, there was no means. So yeah. everyone should celebrate that. That's a that's an American holiday. Mm. That's the last day this country stops being a slave country. Why doesn't everyone celebrate that? As that's right. If we if only we celebrate it, it becomes some separate but equal did thing. They, did they teach that? Everyone, to you? you should you everyone should celebrate that. That's an American event. That's a moment when we can say this is no longer a country that's allowing slavery. And Pharaoh, so let me ask you: Did you hear about June nineteenth through like your you know your mom's teachings and things like that? Or did you I always knew it existed, but we didn't celebrate it as heavily on the East Coast till very recently. But how? But that's what I'm Maybe saying. Maybe so there was a barbecue. Like as Black History, or as I think there was a revamping of Black History, it became more important. Does how that do, make sense? So how like, did you, how did people, you know about? Remember, it? I told you. Remember, I once told you because I I grew up in a Black family that we teach our history. So th- that was I so read that, Frederick Douglass. Like I just grew up in a family where we teach this stuff. So that's that's where I was actually. That's where I was kind of bringing mm-hmm. it to is because in in school and I, I mean, read for myself. Said, like yeah. I was I was interested in my own history as a young kid. Mm. So, you know, but my family, I, this is not my, I asked someone recently about my family, like, we didn't used to celebrate this Juneteenth thing as big as this. They're like, no, this is just getting bigger over here. Remember it was down south all the time? Oh. I'm like, yeah, I remember yeah. it being more like a south thing. Yeah. And now it's like um, everything black. So it's just the time, bro. Yeah. No, that is true. Not that people didn't celebrate. I just don't feel like it was as big in the early 90s as it is now. Mm. Um, did we actually talk about? Because I actually wanted to switch topics. Because I really didn't think that we talked about the um, Af- like you know, African Africans and and African Americans. Have we? Did we talk about that last time or in one of our podcasts? Uh, not I think really. we, I think we did when we did Black Panther. But we were supposed to have a bigger topic about it that never happened. I wanted to see if we can talk about that now. Is that a possibility? Are are you guys are you guys up for that before we go on to like the could I, you know before we go on to the Trump shit? Uh yeah sure. Uh, okay. You, what do you, what's your question? If so, you have a question, I'm down. <laughs> I like that. I like that because I was just it was just formulating. If you don't have a question, I'm not down. I know. That's what I was trying to. Th- I, it was formulating in my head just now, and I was just trying to think of just kind of us like trying to segue that into that conversation of um africans and then even african-americans but i'm not too sure exactly where i want to go with that but it may come back to me so can you, all right can you it give for it back to me? all right okay so we'll yeah, save it for save later, it for if, later. If it, if it, i knew if it there was no me. question i felt it in the forest <laughs> <laughs> there really wasn't it just came in i was like mm, i wonder if this is what i want to talk about um all right so we're gonna um we're gonna put that we're gonna put that off to the side for a little bit but i did want to talk about um the EPA and Scott Pruitt. <laughs> so we're talking a little bit more about just like the government uh, in general <laughs> of today's general in this, in this current time, so to speak. Um, and I, Pharaoh, did you hear about that? That Scott Pruitt finally resigned because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Why he do you has say done that? so much damage. The next guy is not going to undo the things he's already done. Mm. So unless you're telling me someone's going to come in and undo what Scott Pruitt is dude done, it's a wrap. He's already given oral people the right to dump shit where they want. He's rolled back large portion of federal land meant for wildlife. Like it's it's too late, bro. He's fucked us up. He has. So, so I just want to. So just to our yeah. listeners, actually, I just want to um, let them know of the, uh, the the ongoing investigations that are actually currently happening right now for this Scott for Scott Pruitt. So all of this shit that he's done in 
uh, in office, you know, or, you know, done under this Trump cabinet um, for the small amount, you know, of time that he's been in this particular role. So um, he right now is being um, investigated uh, under the EPA inspector or by the EPA inspector general. So there's eight things. So first, the EPA inspector general is investigating him on to explore frequency, cost and extent of Pruitt's travel. So he's been flying first class um, all over the place on uh, on our taxpayers dime. Uh, Pruitt's meeting with industry groups, you know, um, uh, conflict of interest there. Um, Use of SW or SDWA hiring practices by administrator. Um, I think there was something about like his wife or whatever the case is, like trying to get her into like certain uh, positions or whatever. Uh, Pruitt's use of uh, security uh, during trips to Disneyland and the Rose Bowl. Um, also, Pruitt's condo rental, which was fifty dollars a day or a month, should I say, uh, by a lobbyist or from a lobbyist, should I say? He was he was uh, in that entanglement with. Also, uh, official Samantha Dravis employment record. Something happened there. Pruitt's non-public email accounts. Government accountability offices investigating him. The White House is investigating him. Um, his uh, behavior and also Office of Management and Budget investigating. Sun- soundproof phone booth that costs, I think, like $35,000 or some shit like that. So just, I mean, just as Pharaoh said, the... the the small, I would say the things that he's did, I don't want to call the things that he did was small because I was reading something, I think it was on the New York Times, but they said that it's, this is going to have lasting effects. Oh, it's not, oh, it's not small. Oh, it's, yeah. it's not small. Lasting He pretty effects. much rolled back. Yeah. Regular. Oh, Pharaoh's breaking up just a little bit. Say, Pharaoh, one more time. You're, so, break, you're breaking up just yes. a little bit. Say that one more time. Sorry, he pretty much rolled back any environmental standard we had over the last 30 years Mm. for automakers for how we clean waste for clean water he would do major regulations on pollution like it is uh, the clean the clean power plan like he spending multiple obama era regulations which were the heaviest of the epa ever put out but they were needed because we're killing the environment so it's really bad bro like Scott Pruitt really stole my hope that we're going to solve our climate problem. Like, it's, it's a yeah, this climate. And they did say I was reading. I was actually listening to um, National Geographic. He banned the data. Did you hear that? He banned the data, too. Like, you can't even see a lot of the United States climate data because he took it offline. He took it offline. Goodness gracious, man. And apparently he's going to be replaced by another uh, lobbyist guy or something like that that I'm hearing. So it's like... It, we're, but I'm, the, the one thing that I'm, I'm actually hopeful about before I kind of continue depression actually, yeah <laughs> right the the pros the the thing that I want to look into or actually just kind of highlight not look into but really highlight is the fact that everybody has been um, from the media to um, even civilians so to speak everybody has been in on this like really shedding light on the corruption that has been going on with with scott pruitt especially since we're talking about him mm-hmm. um yes every uh, all the media and everything they wasn't discreet by any means that is another thing that i'm just like he was not trying to be discreet by any means like how is it that i mean i don't know Essa, you can probably explain this to me a little bit better but how is it that this guy can do these things in like broad daylight and, and everybody, it's just like, all right, you know, he's well, just going to continue to do this. I mean, there's kind of like a, so I, I have a couple of things. So like, for instance, for that question, so the Koch, well, the, the Koch brothers, Koch brothers yeah. spent something like, like a couple million 
Mm. Four, five, six million, mm. getting him approved. Damn. So his backing was so strong that it would have been it was it was like damn near impossible to get him out of that office. Fuck. So that's why he felt invincible. He had such a strong backing from because the people who wanted to get rid of these regulations mm. weren't like this like racist regnets from somewhere like these you get with a lot of these people. These are like the industry people who damn. really want to be this affects their bottom line. And they were the people who put him in there. So that's why he had that air of invincibility. He felt like he could do whatever he wants. Yeah. And like his his attitude um, I was reading an article, and basically what they said is like the only difference between him and everybody else in the Trump administration is pure scope. Like everybody else feels that way. Like they just want to live the good life yeah. in the government, so they you know they spend more money or whatever. But like his was just like exorbitant. You know, like he was just going over the edge. Um, but I think what Scott Pruitt is is going to teach a lot of people. I think he's going to teach Democrats and Republicans this is that we really have to go back to having a functioning Congress. Mm. Because the fact of the matter is that the reason why all these um, regulations can just be swept out really quickly is yeah. because they're just put in by like one person, right? You put somebody in as the head of the EPA and they put out regulations. So this was like the Obama that like, yeah, they're trying to get you know, rid of like, all of that. Yeah. But there's no institutional strength behind it. So mm. like all of the executive orders that Obama did, well, they can get got rid of. And that's going to happen soon as Trump leaves. Soon as Trump leaves, the next person who comes in is going to get rid of all those. They're going to put somebody in the EPA. The EPA is going to put a bunch of more regulations in. It's going to go right back. So I think that, um, you know, like people having faith and really thinking about our institutions mm-hmm. has is going to is going to skyrocket as this election goes on. So what about the blue wave though? So Farrell, so even I'm, I actually want to pose this question to you and actually I, and then I if you agree with what Farrell says, but if I want to kind of pose this question to you. So in the so with November 2018 coming up, right? Only a few months away if we really think about it. Right? It's like it's really crazy that it's already July. Um, with this new Congress potentially that's going to happen. That's going to come into place. Do do we have we as, and I mean like I don't know liberals <laughs> or, or and progressives, right? Do we as liberals and progressives do we have the ability to change that, or is that a is that a pre, like the president nominates the EPA? Like is is there anything that that you know us changing Congress does that do anything for us? No. Damn. Um. If maybe if, if we take the uh, Senate, if we take the Senate, if we take the House. All we can do is pass a bunch of laws that are going to get shut down by Mitch McConnell. Damn. So, like, you you have to take the Senate. The Senate is really going to be the one because they have to confirm all of these people. Oh. So, like, the Senate is the most important one. And we have a 50-50 shot, maybe. Mm. But the problem is that we have to defend so many more seats than Republicans do. Yeah. So, it's like, it's, it's, it's up in the air. If you take the Senate, then I think a lot of things change. Okay. But if you don't take the Senate and you only take the House, yeah. I mean, at best, what you do is you just stop legislation until the next president comes in. Gotcha. But, um, yeah, it's not like Would something... Would that have us in, like, a stalemate? Basically, it'd be like um, when Obama was in office. Remember when Obama was in he office and they took the that. House and yeah. then all of a sudden you couldn't pass anything yeah. because the Republican House wouldn't pass anything? That's what's going to happen with um, with the Democratic House. Yeah. They're not going to pass anything. Nobody's going to be able to agree and you're just going to kind of wash out. Yeah. That's basically, 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 it sucks either way because even if the Democrats win and they stagnate things, stagnation is the death of our civilization. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. We haven't passed any major legislation in like two presidents, three presidents, really. So no one's doing anything about anything to move the country forward, to move the country even backwards. We're just decaying because we can't get 
no one to work together. So either way, if the blue wave wins and you take the Senate and you take the House, you still got to get through Trump, which means nothing's going to get done. Wasn't health sure, you'll feel a little better. Healthcare Look, was healthcare was it. a huge legislation though. Obama had two big pieces: healthcare, which is pretty much Done what is for. it now? Yeah. It's been raped. At. It's like raped to yeah. being a problem. Now yeah. it's more a problem than a solution because they raped the fuck out of the bill. Yeah. Uh, then you have the bailout. The bailout is Obama's really only major thing he did as president. Everything else is surface or just made shit worse. And, um, because that's why Trump was able to really undo what's left of Obama's legacy. Everything yeah. else was special orders. Trump yeah. every, undid all the rest of it. Yeah. So what do you do? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm just, I have no faith, bro. And even really, if the Democrats win, even if the Democrats win, the Democrats don't have a unifying message and they don't have a plan for making America better than it is right now. They don't. That's the other thing we need to start talking about. There's no democratic solution. Mm. The Republicans don't have a solution except go backwards. And that's really their only solution. <laughs> so where's your hope? Even if they win, you still get shit. <laughs> and I think that, you know, with the you Obama... Just feel like, yeah. Well, like, just with the Obama situation, Obama was able to pass that because he had a supermajority in the Senate and he had a full majority in the House. Mm. So this was like a unified government. Like, one of the things I, when I was reading, this guy was talking about the Supreme Court, and he was yeah. talking about the, the separation of powers and how we can't pass anything without a unified government. Mm. And he's like, you can just look at this and see it spiraling out of control to the point where, like, if we, for instance, like, if we were to take the Senate, right, um, before they confirmed a a Supreme Court justice, you could literally that's not see, happening. That's but like, not I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if it no, happened, I'm just no, I'm just, I'm just giving you this scenario. Hypothetical. So, like, hypothetically, if this happened, you could see a scenario where for two years we do not have a full, a full vac, uh, a full seat in the in the Senate, in the Senate, not in the Senate, in the Supreme Court. Oh, okay. And then imagine if Trump gets reelected and you still have a Democratic Senate. It could be four years of there's nobody on the bench Fuck. because nobody can agree on anything. Yeah. And this could just continue to go on. You're talking about major legislation. We can't pass anything. So that means no more tax but bills. I like four, no four more decisions. budgets. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if there's no seat on there, a bunch of 4 4 decisions, nobody can decide anything. It's damn, stagnation. Damn. And you can see this easily happening within the. Doesn't within the, the vice court. president have the. Uh, but this is not happening. Hold on. Let me just tell you, Esther just sold you, sold you dreams. All right. There is absolutely no. He was just way. saying hypotheticals. Hold on. This is that's why you got. Look how excited you got. You got a Woody for that shit. It sounded so good. It's not real. All right. It's not real. All right. There's no way that the Democrats, as it stands now, prevent the destruction of the Supreme Court because once it's a five. For conservative leaning court, Trump has just it's it, that's the worst thing that's happened. Actually, I, don't, I know we haven't talked about it, but that's the worst thing that's happened because you've just given the conservative agenda a way to block any progression for the next 50 years, 20 did they, years. But did they, they didn't, um, Mitch McConnell didn't get that nominate that um, Supreme Court nominee confirmed or anything like that, right? There's no he way for the Democrats to stop them. There's no way. I they only there, need I 50, they have to 50. I th no, so I heard that they only need like three, and then uh, I think you have those two, um, those two um, women. I can't remember their names right now. You have Mikelski, and you have the other um, one. Like I think the one from like it was like Alaska, or wherever they're from. Yeah, you have Mikelski, and you have I forget the other girl's name. But yeah, I, I I I don't think that what I was selling was a dream. It was more of a nightmare of the stagnation. I mean, I don't think that. 
for instance, I think so, we, I think our civilization would survive better with the four four court because now at least there you're going to probably start seeing them lean more progressive when because the chief justice he'll vote either way he's also kind of a swing vote so my problem is more so the lesser justices with kennedy gone the chief justice is now the only one you can count on to have kind of a swing vote in some sort of progressive way mm. that's it yeah. you're gonna because now it'll put him in the spotlight when you put him in the spotlight he always wants to look good for history that's the one thing about that guy that I just—he's shameable. <laughs> oh, that new—the new none one. None of them are the right. That new one. No, no, the supreme, the supreme justice that Bush put in. Oh, okay, 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 okay. The okay. one who voted for health care. Remember yeah. when health care went to the Supreme Court? Yeah. He said technically this is a legal law. Boom. Yep. He saved Obama's health care. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. he's a good. That's all it is. Four four is better. If they let, if we let them get, it's. I know it's happening. I don't even know. Didn't they just? Didn't they? That, and just to switch, that's trying to get me to sniff the cocaine. I'm almost. I almost. You're so it. stupid. But it's it's not happening, bro. <laughs> You're so stupid. But just to kind of like switch topics. But I mean, we're, we'll see what happens with. Uh, it, what happens in November? Of course, we always tell all of our listeners go vote. Make sure you go vote. Spread go the vote. word. Tell your friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to go vote. All right. Um, and and even in these elections that are coming up, I mean, there's been um, you know New York just had theirs a few like weeks ago, and you know definitely was a, a change through of, of the establishment that was there previously. Um, Cortez, uh, that lady, you know, she for, first time last year she was a, a a bartender. Now she is in the you know the uh, uh, the district fourteen. Can uh, we of New York? Can what? we talk about her though? She represents the Civil War. Like the guy she knocked out was the guy Democrats thought would take years. Nancy Pelosi's place. Yes. Like think about it. Yes. That threw off the whole oh, thing. Yep. This guy years. was the next in line yep. for Democratic leadership. Yep. She took him out the game. So yep. this is this is the Civil War that mm. Democrats can't even get right. Like. Mm. Well, I, I think this, and I and I, I don't know why I haven't seen more comparisons to it, but I remember during Obama's presidency with John Boehner, and he had his his lieutenant who got knocked off by a random guy in some random district in Virginia. It mirrors it exactly. exactly. It was so it was so weird. Like when but I saw it happen, can I, that's actually the Tea Party. That was a Tea Party. That's yeah. what happened with them. Yeah, the no. Tea Party was a movement. This is not a movement. There's what? no leader here. <laughs> No, no, no. This is actually a movement. So if you really think about it, she's a she's a far left progressive. Far left. She's a far left progressive. She's mm-hmm. part of like a even like I think she's like a socialist, right? She, uh, they call yeah. They she's part of like the socialist. She was Bernie like Sanders. Her. She was no, Bernie I actually, Sanders. Actually, yeah, I actually like about sixty five percent of her policies. I'm not calling Ocasio Cortez and all. Yeah. That. So like so if you really look at it, it's part of that what you're talking about the civil war within the Democratic Party where you do have a very very strong. Pro- progressive base that is really taking out the the standard bearers who are in the you know who are in charge of the democratic party and i'll give you that yeah you see it's it's, it's just a very it's like a very mirror image it's almost like uncanny how how equal it is yeah and i do think that democrats are going to have to i think i think the parties are probably going to progress in the same way where if you looked at the republican party the republican party was very you know, very standard for a long period of time before the the Tea Party came in. Yep. And what you're going to see happening within the Democratic Party is you're going to see a swing far to the left as this continues to happen. As you continue to get very progressive, very um, young candidates who are going to start knocking off these old standard bearers, all of a sudden those um, all of a sudden those policies are going to start swinging 
far to the left. Yeah. So you're going to start seeing this, especially in um, 2020. So like right now, you're going to see a lot of people just kind of sticking to their roots. But in 2020, when you have to have a, a presidential nominee who needs to unite the party, you're going to get somebody who's a lot closer to like a Trump on the left than yeah. you are going to get somebody who's closer to like a Hillary Clinton Hillary. winning this. And so I just want, just because um, as I was mentioning some of the things that she was running on, uh, I believe uh this was actually going around IG um, saying exactly what, what she wants, so to speak. So uh, Cortez, they're saying Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez called for tax cuts when she was running a business, now wants to raise taxes to fund her you know, radical agenda is what they're calling about. But of course, what she's trying to do is, you know, is for health care, fair wages, education, while supporting small businesses. You know, So these things that it seems as though a lot of uh, everybody, for the most part, it's going for it in the Democratic Party for them, you know, seeing exactly the backlash of what has happened with the Republicans and the fuckery that they're doing, yeah. you know. So yeah, just to kind of like, you and know, I think even I think more what's more telling about this is so if you look at what happened in the Republican Party, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't think that immigration was going to be a great issue for them, so they started to sweep it under the rug, right? They had this huge, they had this huge kind of autopsy after Obama won, where they were like, "What do we do with our party?" And they're like, "Oh, let's reach out to minorities. Let's kind of make our party more inclusive." Mm. And then as you saw the Tea Party rise, they realized that this is not going to work. So that's when they started switching to the nativism. That's when they started electing people like Donald Trump. And you're going to see the same thing happen on the left. But they're like, oh, wow, these ideas aren't popular, these socialist ideas. And when you start seeing people get knocked off, all of a sudden you're going to start seeing leadership. Huh? They're not yeah, they're pop- going to start seeing how unpopular these these democratic these democratic centralists are, and they're going to swing it. So, like when you saw like the Republican Party take a hard right, yeah. you're going to take you're going to see the Democratic Party take a hard left. Yeah, they're going to stop really doing a lot of these centrist like oh yeah like Republicans are cool whatever. They're going to switch, and you're going to see it like I think so. I think it's happening them. now. I think it's happening now where they're just like. Fuck the almost fuck the conservatives now. Yeah, it yeah, seems it's like be, the, yeah. But weren't we saying that in fair? Correct. But yeah, politics, yeah. politics reflects cultural life. People always think politics reflects the intellectual life. No, it reflects the cultural life. Mm. Like people are arguing amongst each other because our TVs are arguing amongst each other. So our politicians are arguing amongst each other. Mm. But he's very much right. The hard right left, and I I predicted this, I want to say maybe six or seven years ago. I say my biggest fear is you're going to radicalize the left. Radicalizing the right, we all know what that shit looks like. So why is that your fear? People really don't, because radical leftism is like building a kingdom of clouds. It all feels good on the way up, (laughs) but that bitch has to come down (laughs) hard. Especially if it's not well balanced with strong ideals of progressivism. Now, we have progressives now, and they're doing all right, but they're really hard left progressives. So a little too far. It's not even about center. It's just they're they're just too far off. Like, that girl's great, but her wanting to abolish ICE, that's really far. (laughs) But isn't ICE ICE not new? No, no, no. ICE has always been like this, but it's been like... So even like to piggyback off what he said, so um, and I'm a, I'm a quote a conservative here. So Andrew Breitbart said politics <laughs> is down downstream from culture. Yes, yes, I know and we spoke about this. before. Yeah, and it's, but, it's yeah. the same. It's the same idea that yeah. you know, like what's going on in the cities, what's going on now, where we're all very, you know, if you're living in the city, you're probably very, especially New York, especially New York. You know, like um, we Trump supporters hate New York way more than they hate Washington. They're like, I cannot live in New York. Yeah. They're like, I can live in Washington, but not New York. Yeah, but um, yeah, like I. I think that and i think that 
um Ew. being <laughs> i think that being a liberal especially in the city like you're kind of like you you feel like these ideas are, are very popular but i think that certain ideas especially on immigration they're gonna find how unpopular they are like i think that the you can't just have an of, open border yeah like like you, you know that. I understand that if you are Latino and you're from this country, you, you like this idea. But as far as like a country in general, just having open borders and just allowing streams of people to come in, yeah. it's not a popular idea, A, and it's not a good idea, B. Mm. Um, so you, you're going to see a lot of ideas that come out where they where, where liberals want to do these big kind of projects and spend just a ton of money and raise taxes and things like that that aren't going to work the way that people think they are. Mm. And I think that's where Pharaoh is right, where like, these ideas sound good, you know, like universal everything, free yeah. everything, whatever, Utopian whatever. Society. And then you try to put it in place and then you realize you have to tax everybody 90%. And then, you know, like the, yeah. the economy starts kind of contracting because you have to spend a ton of money doing this. And you then you look at government, how inefficient government is. Mm. And then you start seeing how the waste comes up. And then you're like, oh, my God. And that's how you start swinging back to the Was right. that Bernie Sanders like whole like because I know they were calling him a socialist, but. Well, I he mean, calls himself. He was part of the Socialist Party socialist before he was a yeah. Democrat. He's a socialist. <laughs> there are so many levels to socialism. Like there are minor levels to conservatism. Socialism, it's a wide spectrum of how it could actually play out in the society. So, what's Bernie Sanders like? What in regards to the level? That so, Bernie's doing? basically saying that we should pay more taxes for these base things like healthcare, education. Because these are things that naturally give the society back its money. Like, his thing is, for every dollar you put into education, you're going to make $5 back because you're making smarter human beings. Mm. If you put in money for healthier human beings, that just makes your, you know, our civilization is only as strong as its weakest link. Sick people bring the whole civilization to one virus. That, that, that sounds good. You know good. what I'm saying? Like, that sounds it's, good. It's a risk. But if you are on top of this as a civilization, you guarantee long-term success. Yeah. His level of socialism is light socialism. You know what I'm saying? On a scale it's of very one much in the context of being democratic. Like, don't not too much to ruin the system. Dish a dash so you have a good safety net. <laughs> he basically wants to... He's basically a kind of capitalist. He's a capitalist who believes capitalism should have a strong safety net. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. think most people would agree with that. I mean, like... I agree. That sounds great. You know, like, you know, <laughs> my family calls me, like, a Republican because yeah. of my capitalistic ideas. But I do think that... Especially with like certain things, like I always felt like natural resources should be something that's divided up amongst the population, not mm. to the people who own them. Yeah. But I, I do think that at a certain point, it does start to go way too far. And you start to see that a lot in specific socialist countries. Like oh, if yeah. you look at, I think like Venezuela is a good, um, yes, yeah. is a good correlator with that, not, where like yeah. if, if the resources that you are selling and that you are trying to put back into your economy are doing well, then the socialist experiment works. Yes. But, but when it starts going downhill, <laughs> like it has, all of a sudden the government runs out of money and everybody still Done. wants their service. And everybody's mad. Venezuela up. So yeah. like you have to, you have to have balance to that. And I don't think a lot of people see that balance. Mm. Nobody really sees nuance in America anymore. So Venezuela just went hard to the left with, with, with socialism. Yeah. And when all your prices were high, everything works. was good. Cause it was like oil, right? They yeah. Had, it was like, yeah, that was their main yeah, export. Main th- yeah. And you know, like, America does have a much more diverse economy, so there's a lot more that you can do with it. Yeah. But I think that you, you have to strike that balance, and I don't think a lot of people really understand what that balance is. They, mm. Nobody wants to listen to the experts anymore. Everybody feels like, oh, Everybody I, feels I like know they're the expert. Yeah. I know what to do. Yeah. Yeah, I could do it better well, than Well, we've lost else. experts. I think the problem is experts have taken sides. So even they are radical in their way of explaining things now. Like There's no one really building the idea of, yes, we should have a capitalistic society, but we should have strong safety 
nets. So when the market changes and shit falls, the whole thing doesn't fall apart. There's something for it to bounce back on. This was one of the very core concepts of capitalism in the beginning. But over the years, no one cares. They just want to buy more, spend more. and They don't care about the fall. And I, but there's always a fall. There is over. There's always a fall. Well, it's also, what goes up must come down. It's also the the problem of people like um, assistance until they are okay, and then they want to get rid of all the assistance. Mm. So, like if you look at you know the New Deal, um, you look at even society in like the sixties, there was a lot of money being poured in from the government to things like schools, social safety nets, um, all these types of things. Yeah. Not really what built the the middle class in America. Mm. Once it became middle class, okay, now let's get rid of all that. Because I'm doing well. Yeah. So, like, you, you see this kind of progression all the time. And when people are doing bad, all of a sudden they want the government to help them. And then once they start doing well, all of a sudden they don't want the government to help them anymore. They want to get rid of all these things. Mm. If you look at Adam Smith, when he wrote about capitalism, he wrote those things in. Like, Farrell's 100% right, where part of what the founding of capitalism, they said, you need strong controls over this because it can get out of control. Out of hand, yeah. And when you look at places like Chile, for instance, Chile has unfettered you know, capitalism. And what ends up happening is that all the wealth gets concentrated into a couple of people and everybody else remains poor Poor. because it's the idea behind capitalism, which is pay yourself more, pay everybody less. Mm. And you end up with all these consolidations. Everybody starts buying out everybody else. And then all of a sudden you have a couple of people who are rich and everybody else is poor. And you end up with an aristocracy. You end up with an oligarchy. So can we, yes, can we, can we we say, Pharaoh, before you go, before you go, before you go, what do we, can we, put that to Amazon because Amazon seemed like they buying up everybody well, right yeah now. like the tech world is, is but hold is, on that was our that's what I was gonna say like okay. one of the things about the early 20th century progressive presidents was what their view of what business should be like I think it was Roosevelt like a business that just makes lives and make money and doesn't offer value to people's lives is a waste of our civilization's time mm. we need businesses that are gonna yes I want to make money and make a profit but I also want to make sure the people who work for me live a high quality of life if your business doesn't think like that we need to fucking end that shit and what's <laughs> happened is as we've conglommed all these businesses they're monsters we have monopolies today bigger than the trust we broke up back in the day Mm. it's crazy Mm. we're letting amazon run retail out of business and then we're wondering why people don't think they have jobs look how many jobs we're losing as each of these amazon's not hiring people as they're getting people fired yeah they're not so this is what's happened the system is no longer regulating business because business is like the wild wild west and no one can tell them what to do because they pay the politicians who get elected you have to it's all connected take the money out of politics give your system a capitalistic safety net and try to hope your citizens treat each other like human beings that would save america because that money that money that is going into politics when you hear about the lobbying efforts and all of this stuff like how much money they're spending i'm like this money could have a fraction of that money could have been taken and given to flint michigan and fix their shit I mean, like it's, it's or re- Puerto Rico or Puerto Rico. Like, Thank you. Territory. Like this oh. idea of American oh. greatness doesn't measure up. We're no, really no different than the British when they were a colonial nation. Mm. They let the Indian people fucking starve. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. What greatness. And they killed them with diseases. <laughs> what greatness. And this is this is what's something I've been trying to talk to like more of my historian friends who are like big on Western civilization. This is the great flaw of Western civilization. People hate living under you, and you're not very nice to people. So eventually, they rebel. You don't take care of them. The whole point of government is I should feel like this is some kind of care system. 
when there's no care and there's fear, fuck you. <laughs> that's not what that's how you gear yourself. Like, like, yeah. That's not what were you going to say? Cause you, yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to go more towards the... So when we were talking about business, yeah. um, I think that back in the day, and I, I think that that's an inherent part. So like last time when we were talking about a certain level of vice, certain level of corruption in your system. Optimal corruption. Optimal corruption is the idea that basically like the government people in government should be able to pay themselves, right? Like, so, like, back in the day, like, if you were a politician, you can get money for your state from the government. Nowadays, you can't do that, Ooh. right? You can't put bulk barrel spending. So, who's going to pay you, right? Google's going to pay you. Amazon's going to pay you. Mm. If you look back in the day, people had, like, a, especially, like, in the, or, um, the 1920s, they had a much different view of what business was. There was the Supreme Court justice, and I forget his name, but I, I find it. And what he said was, Cheap goods are, are terrible for a society because what happens is when you bring the prices down of the goods, you can't pay your workers that much. The only people who really start making money are the people who own the industry. So if you're a McDonald's, Google, yeah, like for instance, like you're a McDonald's, right? Yeah. Now you're making um, burgers for $2 a thing. So like you can't really pay your workers a lot, much, but you're yeah. selling so many more burgers that you make a ton of money. True. So there, what he was saying is that like you can't let these prices drop like that. And when you look at a monopoly, monopolies are really great at doing that. They drop prices, but they concentrate all the wealth so right now in our society you look at the basis of power really those bases of power rely on these businesses because they've taken all the money from Walmart, everybody else put Amazon, them down yep. then they talk to the government and the government was so stupid that they didn't understand what was going on so they're like oh yeah let's get rid of all this pork by spending because that's where the corruption is and mm. really what it was was that these companies so like if you look at the tech world right now there are four companies there's microsoft there's apple google. there's google and there's amazon yeah those are your four companies anybody's yeah. talking about this disruption or say oh i'm in the tech world i'm disruption no there are four companies that are doing this major um yeah and they're the locuses of power and they're the only people who can provide anybody with money mm. so if you really want to understand why we can't get a handle on these people it's because nobody else can spend any money nobody else has it anymore they there's said just a that couple of people with billions of dollars who can influence elections they said that Amazon may be too big to even try and you can't rein it in you what are you going to do you're you going to shut do them down shit for them. Like I, and, you, you can't know, do shit about them if you really want income equality in America or in any system you have to break up all these companies yeah. if you really so like when of, you say break up I'm sorry to interrupt but what do you what do you mean by break them like how could you break up break them Amazon? up so like Amazon can't so for instance if you're looking at a company like like Amazon, mergers right? Well, yeah, no, but all the products that they sell. For okay. instance, they, they, do, um, they do music and video, right? Yeah. Like, you can go on there, you can do videos. You can also purchase your groceries. You can also yeah. purchase your products. Yeah. They should not be able to take over five different industries like that. Right now, they're doing shipping. That should be illegal. They just, yeah, they, they just, should, yeah. And yeah. if you have multiple companies, then you have multiple people making more money, and then you start to, you start to take the top, and you start to move it closer to the bottom, and the mm -hmm. bottom move closer to the top, because yeah. there's more opportunities for people to start businesses. Even if you look at grocery markets right now, right? Grocery markets, they do meat, they do fish, they do um, yeah, the pharmacy, produce, they do yeah. everything. And yeah. if you broke all that up, all of a sudden you have tons of small businesses who are providing all those things. Which and then you have yeah. better income yeah. inequality. Yeah. But right now, since yeah. they're all concentrated, there are five people running things, they make all the money, the CEOs make all the money, and then yeah. you get stuck with your little minimum wage job giving out the fish. Mm. And so that, that being your own business. Mm. Like if you look at a grocery market right now, you go to the meat department, that used to be a separate business where somebody was running that. True. Right? They had a butcher shop. That was your business in your community. Because you, when you use when you used to live in brooklyn right like yeah. there's a butcher shop there right yeah. there are people who own that right nowadays that hire people too. yeah that hire other yeah. people and in those the are the people who they know and that's how your community strives mm. where now there's three people who live somewhere in some city like 
um, just to go on a, sorry for like going Which off on tangents, no, it's fine. but, um, I read this idea one time in the New York times and the guy was like, look, if you want government to be more popular, what you should do is take all these government agencies, take them out of Washington and you should move them to random States. Oh. So like the FDIC should be like in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma the, yeah. the EPA should be in Texas. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if you had these people there, then they would get employed by them and they'd be like, Oh wow, these institutions are really great. Which would actually help in people getting away from like like the centers, the, the the cities and stuff like that, and start going out and branching out. Well, like you know? they would, they would just have more faith in these things because they're next door. If the New yeah. York Times was next door to you in in Kentucky, you wouldn't think it was some radical idea. You'd mm. be like, oh yeah, no, my grandma works for works them. for yeah. They're, yeah, they're pretty good people. Maybe I don't agree with them, but you know, they're not idea. they're not evil. Yeah. But they only are located in New York City, Washington D.C., yeah. and L.A. Yeah. These are the three places everything is located in. And so you can understand why people who don't know them think they're evil, think yeah. they're trying to conspire against them because they're, they're, they're hundreds <laughs> they of miles away. Know. They don't know them. They don't know them. Wow. I actually do like that idea. I do like that idea. Fair. I know you. I'm wondering. I think it's no, I honestly think it's a phenomenal idea. I think it's okay. a great way to balance out the system. Okay. Giving East State a fundamental federal responsibility. That's the key. Every state needs because that's really the problem in the politics. Every state's vying for these jobs and these federal positions. But if every state had its own federal responsibility, like we're all contributing to this great country, then you would solve that problem right away. People would have more investment in their whole federal system. Kind of like my state does this. We do this shit. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, I think it's a pride thing that mixes well with the culture. But will we ever see that in our lifetime ever happen, do you think? I, I don't nothing's impossible like yeah. honestly honestly i i've been thinking more and more about this mystery third party that people swear we need and the philosophies that we need to run by it's not improbable like people are frustrated if something in the middle doesn't pop up we're going to split in two like my biggest thing right now is i don't think we're going to maintain this union of 50 states long but an idea like that really could help mend some of these broken bonds. They were saying that California may try to secede. <laughs> That's Nobody's, what I was hearing. I mean, you know, we, we, we secede and break into three states. Like, you don't know what they want to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they were saying. I think Florida. Well, I don't know if Florida is really trying to is really trying to do that. I mean, but look, like, just imagine, like, imagine like the EPA being located in West Virginia, right? Mm. And imagine like you going to work one day and they're saying, "Oh, we're going to put chemicals back in the water." Like, Ooh. like your state, yeah. right? Like that has all these chemicals around. Yep. You'd be like, wait, wait, what? Hold up, hold up. Like when it's off hold somewhere on, else, you're on. like, oh, I hate them. They're taking away my jobs. But then when like your grandma comes home or your aunt or your friend comes mm. home and goes, oh, wait, they're trying to put more chemicals in your drinking water. Yep. All of a sudden it's like now it's really real. Like, you mm. know, somebody who's a part who's of a that. Part of that yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I think that, you know, um, Pharaoh talking about this third party, I do think there is a lot of room for it. And I think that if somebody really came up with just this radical idea not even like radical ideas but this common sense it can't ideas be someone gotta just, be a group yeah like a group of people or whatever who just kind of thought this way because i think that that idea of moving federal agencies yeah, outside of outside, washington yeah. if more just congressmen knew about it i think they'd be like oh wow wait that's a that's a pretty good idea do you not think they don't know about I think it or they do they think they know about it because it was a random article in the new york times okay like it wasn't even like a front page article it was oh. just something that was like random yeah. i don't think it's a well-known idea but i think like if somebody pushed that idea I think that people would really go for it. Mm. And I think that there are a lot it's of not ideas. even just stage regions. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Like a region, like the Midwest. This yeah. is your federal responsibility. You guys, I mean, you guys are the ice guys. Yeah. You know, I don't know. <laughs> we're, 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 def- we're definitely going to see about like what happens, but I'm glad that you guys brought that up and I'm hoping our listeners are, you know, 
taking a little bit from that so that from there we can see if we can expound upon that, you know? Right, right. Um, I wanted to actually talk about a little bit about immigration before we go. Right. Um, no, don't do it. Okay. No, no. <laughs> but, we have, but we have, stop, we have some stop. good news. We have some There's good no news. There's no good news. We they, talk, no. They disband, apparently they disbanded it, right? Or something of that nature where they have to, where the um, DHS has to actually go ahead. There's and, a court order for them to reunite the families. Yeah, or something like that. So if, if anybody, I just wanted to mention that. I know Pharaoh doesn't have anything to say about that as that um you know i, I i'll same see old, when it old. happens like same you know like they because right now they don't even have any real registry of who these they kids don't. belong to so yeah. they have to do dna tests who's gonna do DNA who's tests. paying for it like i don't i don't have faith in this administration mm. to get anything right especially using dna using science to reunite families mm. really they can't use science to <laughs> you know do anything they, they have one-year-olds in court bro yeah. they got one-year-olds in court it's yeah. a shitty show it's a, yeah, it's it's a shit show so we're gonna sad. see what happens but keep your eye on that um but I'm not, let's go ahead and end that show, man. Wait, wait. Shout out to the black woman who climbed the Statue of Liberty. I was going to get her the gold star. Of those kids. Yep. Like, you know, if we're going to talk about immigration, she really is my hero of the week because she right. That just, it's just it's too much. I was going to give her the gold star point there because um, I looked it up. So her name is Therese. Therese. Um, Oku- I don't even want to b- butcher her name, but it's spelled last name OK. O U M O U. Um, she actually climbed climbed the base of the Statue of Liberty, and uh, said that she was. And this was in protest of the kids. Uh, you know, all these young kids um, being separated from their parents. So she said she was not going to come down until uh, all these kids have you know were uh, you know were reunited with their families. Uh, but of course, the NYPD um, they did take her down um and i know i'm reading right now on the atlantic that she actually pleaded not guilty uh to charges of trespassing disorderly conduct and interference with government agency functions um but the i don't know if you guys seen it i'm actually going to put it up on our um on our ig at the get up podcast she wore a shirt that said white supremacy is terrorism when she is was leaving um was leaving i feel like we need a better thing than giving her the gold star we need some kind of like a hero hero war like get up get up get up i don't know something we're gonna give we're gonna just we're gonna think of it now we're just gonna say right now we'll we we can probably change it because i bet you it'll come to us but just as pharaoh said we'll give her the get up podcast hero award um you know uh for for you know because this is this is actual protesting. Granted, I know I said I don't really agree with protesting anymore, but she looks like she votes. This was a radical protest right here, <laughs> where like it wasn't a bad, and I don't even mean bad and radical, but something that you haven't really seen before. Somebody who actually decided to um, to almost put their life on the line, you know, and you know, who knows? Any guy not since that, someone's chained themselves to a tree. Exactly, you know, and and you know, there was uh, like dump trucks like right in front of them, like you know, threatening to them up actually the um the uh keystone pipeline i mean that was a pretty big protest too like like people were being like tased and and maced and all that stuff so um they're heroes also but i just you know we're talking about the immigration right now yeah we're gonna give her the hero award but i love that shirt white supremacy is terrorism she made a she made a stand there she definitely made a stand there um are we sending anybody to the grape fields do we need to i mean scott pruitt i mean that's that's an automatic that he's going to the great fields. <laughs> I feel like we sent him there weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but now that he's out, now that he's out of, uh, yeah, yeah, there, bro. Yeah, that is very true. All right. Well, anybody, any last, any last points? S dot. You good? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm straight. Pharaoh. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm good, bro. All right, y'all. 
This was the Get Up Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. And uh, we're going to call it a wrap. Boom. Boom. <laughs> God damn. It's a new day.